Gerald McCoy speaks out yet again. We got the Baseball Hall of Fame and the Hockey All-Star Game coming to town. That's all up on this episode of the Rick and Tom Podcast. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times, along with our producer, Steve Versnick. And Rick, so here's become a uh, sort of an annual thing with me and in, in, in noticing and watching the Tampa Bay Bucks, and that is the Bucks go out, they go 5-11, and 6-10, and 10, or maybe 9-7, and seven, and then they fall just short, and then Gerald McCoy comes out and says, we're going to do this this time. The next time I'm going to do it this way. There was You had a, a short story in uh, today's Tampa Bay Times, and it's on tampabay.com. McCoy did an interview with uh, WDAE, and he, let me just read some of the quotes. You wrote it, but just to, to tell our listeners, I think of myself and Levante, David, uh, we, we take a lot of blame for that. I'm talking about not holding other players accountable and, and being more of a leader. Rick, and, and we'll get into the whole leadership and the rest of his quote and everything, but tell me why this year is any different from any other year that it seems like Gerald McCoy comes out and tells us, okay, this year I'm going to be a better leader, or this year I'm going to do this. Doesn't it seem like this is a common thing? With Gerald? I can see where people would think that. Um, because when Gerald, when you put a microphone in front of Gerald's face or you call him on the phone for a radio interview, he's going to give you something. And he's he thinks a lot about this stuff, and he does, especially at the Pro Bowl this time of year. Remember last year he told us, not at the Pro Bowl, but he said when he was there, he had several guys come up to him and say, hey, you know, you have to have fourth quarter sacks. That's what's you know, that, that should be your focus. And so I think I think football players are always looking to do that. In this case, though, I know the background of this that I'll be happy to share with you now. And that is um, if you remember the Carolina game uh, week next to last game, Christmas Eve in Carolina, um, they're leading the game. Uh, they have a fourth down situation, it's fourth and six. Mm-hmm. Chris Baker jumps off sides. It's right. an encroachment penalty. Makes it a fourth and one. They pick it up. Next play, touchdown, Bucks lose. Well, after the game, um, there was a brouhaha captured on that same radio station of Buccaneers play. Radio Network after Quan- T.J. Yeah. Reeves was in there. Yeah, Quan- yes, that's good. <laughs> T.J. Reeves going to talk to Levante David. Um, there was a little someone going, Jameis, Jameis. Exactly. <laughs> and it was Levante. Right. And then Quan Alexander gets in the mix, and they're all on Chris Baker because he was not – he was smiling, luck, yucking it up, not really remorseful about his penalty, which it was a very big penalty. I mean, fourth, and, fourth and six is not a gimme down. Fourth and one probably is um, for, for the Panthers. So what came out of that, Tom, in, in, in talking to a lot – I talked to a lot of coaches about that very incident. And what came out of it was, yeah, that's great. They're holding him accountable. It's week 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where was that in training camp? Where was that during the season? Where was that in practice? These are the things that were brought to Gerald and brought to Levante, I'm sure, and others that, hey, it's really great you guys called him out now. Um, And so I think it's still fresh in his mind because it wasn't that many weeks ago that, you know, when you introduce free agents, whether it's Deshaun Jackson or Chris Baker or T.J. Ward, um, you know, you have to have guys that, that's sort of, hey, this is the way we do it. This is the accountability we work with. I know you've been other places. We're not putting up with this crap. Instead, we remember the hard knocks when, you know, the guy's humping a palm tree or whatever and, 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 and you know, sort of throwing shade at Jags fans and talking about Chris Baker, and everybody thinks it's cute. Everybody thinks it's funny. Right. Well, this is Gerald McCoy, in my mind, saying, you know what? We, this has been pointed out to us. We do have to own this. It does have to be run by people like myself, Jameis, others. 
we have to do a better job of holding players. Yeah, when he said, "Look, the coaches they can't always do it." And I understand what he's saying. Sometimes there's 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 there are certain things the coaches can't do. They're not in the locker room. They don't see. They're not with these players every second of the day. So the players do have, and it, and it means more coming from a player. I go back to the time we've seen it happen time and time again, where Evan Longoria jumped B.J. Upton for not hustling after a ball in the outfield. It means more coming from another player than it does coming from Joe Madden in that situation. I'll say this, though, Rick, and I, and I know I pick on Gerald a little bit. I, th- I, th- I think Gerald's great. Uh, as, as he's a great football player. I, we, we did the podcast the other day, and I said I think he's the third best buck I've ever seen. Uh, so I have a lot of respect for the guy. But I also would understand why he has a tough time being a leader on this team because I think unless you win a lot, and it's not his fault they're not winning, mm-hmm. but don't you have to have sort of that if you're going to speak out, you're going to tell guys this is how we do things around here. Don't you have to have won some football games? Don't it you have helps, to win some playoffs? But it, it isn't it isn't a prerequisite, but it does help. I, I think he has enough stripes on his shirt. I mean, this is six straight Pro Bowls for him. He is legitimately one of the harder workers on the team. It's not his fault that they surrounded him with, you know, um, the Robert Ayers and you know the Chris Bakers and, and Michael Johnson. Yeah, Michael Johnsons of the world that he's had absolutely no help, no help on that defensive line for years and years. Um, but I remember, you know, look, Hardy Nickerson was a fairly decorated player in, in Pittsburgh, one of the first legitimate free agents the Bucks signed before Tony got here. And he had, you know, not won with the Bucks at all, and he cracked helmets. You know, Derek Brooks lost his first couple years with the Bucks, and he became a leader. So I don't know that – I mean, it, I think it would help if he were part of a Super Bowl defense. And, guys, that's why the Patriots – you know, have that program running sort of on autopilot. When you walk into the locker room, whether you're LeGarrette Blunt or Aqib Tlaib, it doesn't matter the trouble you've been in before. Mm-hmm. You're going to fall because of that winning, because of the culture that they have. And you're right. I think it would have helped him. But I still think he has enough respect. I mean, look, the guy was voted the same day he made these comments as a Pro Bowl captain. By mm-hmm. These are the elite of the elite voted him captain on the NFC team think that speaks to how much respect he has um, in and outside of his own locker room. He does. No, I, I look, I get it. I think he does have respect from, from players within that locker room. But I do understand. I'm, when I think back, for example, like the Tampa Bay Lightning, when they won the Stanley Cup in 2004, really the leaders on that team were Dave Andrichuk and Tim Taylor, guys who had come from other organizations where they had won games before. You know, Although Andrichuk had never won a Stanley Cup before. But, they but he had, was coming into a team that was very, very young. Young, very, very young, right. And may, in this particular case, yeah, Gerald McCoy, I mean, he's, he's one of the veteran guys on his team. I just, and I, again, I know it feels like I'm picking on him, but it just feels like every year I get a speech from Gerald about how we're going to do things differently this year or how I'm learning this now. Man, you've been in the league eight, nine years now or whatever it's been. It's like It's kind of like, though – and this is not a great analogy, but it's like, you know, some dude trying to, rem- I don't know, trying to think if this analogy works at all. Because <laughs> you got to be careful here. But it's like, you know, why why did why did you marry me? Because you asked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's kind of like, because you asked me to. And I thought about it. Your wife said, does not listen to the podcast. No. Is that correct? Okay. So this analogy is good. Yeah. I think it's good. But that's, but that's sort of, <laughs> what are you saying there? Well, you, you're. <laughs> no, but I mean. <laughs> It, the question goes either way. I'm mean, just saying, like, if you put a microphone in front of Gerald McCoy, do we want him to not? I, I and do. I know it does. Absolutely. It, and look, we know Gerald McCoy likes him some Gerald McCoy. Sure. He'll show up with a kimono at training camp. He's not Which doing I that. Think be, it's he's har- not doing that because it's he's harmless, and I don't have a. But problem. I'm just saying, like, yeah. he's not doing it because he likes Japan, and now he's suddenly, you right. know, turning yeah. Japanese. I think yeah. I want to. Yeah. He's 
he's trying to draw attention to himself. Sure. And what's wrong with that? That's not. I have nothing that's problem the fun part of the No sport. problem with that. But I do understand it's the constant drumbeat of oh, what is it now? And the people that don't like Gerald McCoy are gonna are gonna grab hold of that. And I'm not saying you're one of them, but they're gonna grab hold no. of that and say, look, here he goes again. And I got the toy. I got the the you know the the, the text or the I got those two emails and and tweets to show you just how much hate is out there. And he spoke about that as well. He, yeah, so what's the latest now? Well, so he, you know, he was asked about, you know, because he interacts with these people on social media. And before this story came out. Right. Uh, and, and he was asked, again, because somebody asked, hey, why are you, why do you do that? Why right. do you engage just with get, these people? Just go out, of, yeah, just, yeah, just ignore that. Go do your job. Don't tell us what you're going to do. And, go do your job and, and don't get, and, interact with people. And he said, look, I don't do it during the season because I'm frankly too busy and right. it really, I really don't care what they have to say, but in the off season, I will take a look at it. And I had this one dude say, why don't they just trade Gerald McCoy in their pick for the first overall pick? And I was like, really? You, so you want to, you want to, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give up one of the best players on the team. Um, you know, what, what, what sense is that? And he said, to be honest with you, these are just trolls. These are, you know, so-called idiots. And he goes, and I know I'm going to take, you know, probably heat for saying that, but that's, that's really who they are. And so that became a thing, you yeah. know, so now, and then, and then a guy proved him right by saying even more stupid stuff. And then he came back on social media last night and said, see, you're exactly who I'm talking Although, about. Although, just for real <laughs> quick, by the way, of Gerald in the first round pick for the number one overall pick. <laughs> Jeez. I might think about that, depending on who I'm taking with the first overall pick. Yeah, you know who wouldn't think about it? The Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. But, I mean, let's face it, but if you're going to make a deal to get the number one overall pick, the Cleveland Browns, they don't want Chris Baker. They don't want. No. You're going to give me, we're going to move up. you got to give us something good for it. I just, I don't think he wins in that case, Rick. He can't I, win. You can't win when you deal media. with people on social media. I, I, I like the fact that he, that he talks to us. And he says something interesting. There are a lot of athletes in town that, that we cover who don't say anything. And we complain that they don't say anything. Nobody complains more about an NFL coach than, than writers complain about Bill Belichick because he doesn't say anything. And so I don't want to criticize Gerald for going out and actually speaking and engaging and then saying you should shut your mouth. But he really shouldn't in, in get himself involved with uh, with these guys. Uh, Rick, the Baseball Hall of Fame came out. Four guys named to the Baseball Hall of Fame on Wednesday. It was Vladimir Guerrero, Trevor Hoffman, Chipper Jones, Jim Tomei. Interesting who wasn't, though. Guys who were not. We can talk about those guys in a minute. But the guys who did not get in, the so-called steroid guys, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds. And here's the thing, Rick. It looked like they had some momentum going the last couple of years. It's kind of stalled out a little bit. They're around 56, 57 percent, which is well short of the 75 percent needed. I've never been a supporter of these guys like Clemens. I don't have a vote, by the way. Um, but if I did, I would not vote for Bonds. I would not vote for Clemens. And I know there's this argument. Well, these guys were steroid. You know, they were Hall of Famers before they started using steroids. Well, here's the thing. I don't know when they started using them. So. Don't tell me that, oh, they were definitely on their way to being Hall of Famers because I don't know when they started and when they didn't and when they were doing it. And as far as competing against other guys who were using steroids, I think that's a bad argument as, as well. I'm not for these guys getting in. Are you? Well, morally, no, but in actuality, factually, yes, I am for them getting in. I think it's ridiculous in some ways um, to say that my eyes, regardless of when or how much or how long – 
they were able to play because they took steroids and they did they did make a total abomination of the record book. I get all that. But it's part of baseball. And to me, I know what I saw. I know that Barry Bonds is a Hall of Fame player. I know that Roger Clemens is a Hall of Fame player. And, you know, if you're going to penalize these guys, I just want to know where, you know, where are all the tests before they, you allow any of these people into the Hall of Fame? I mean, we don't know which players used them, how long they used it. We know Bonds and, and Clemens did, but to me, um, it's part of baseball. It's part of history. This is a museum. This is the era they played. There were a lot of steroids that baseball looked the other way intentionally. They knew that you know, they were just fine when Sosa and McGuire, quote, saved baseball. And you know, they created this monster, so then why do you then turn around after making the money off of it and say, oh, no, 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 these are guys that don't deserve, they're not up to the standard. And I get both sides of the argument. I just think for those two players, and we can all make this decision ourselves, they're Hall of Fame baseball players. And, again, don't know when they started, don't know when they stopped, don't know how much they took it, don't know who they faced that were taking it either. But I know they played during an era where there were a lot of guys doing it. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, in that respect, I think those two guys deserve to be in the whole Hall of Fame. It will take years and years because I think a lot of, the, frankly, the old school people have to die out and new baseball writers will come around and they'll realize that this was just part of their history. But I don't, I don't really – I can't get on my moral high ground on this one. I can. <laughs> what do you mean? Why, why can't you? Why, why can't we get because on my moral I, high Because ground? I don't know everybody that did them. I can't say Chipper Jones never did them. I That's... can't say Vladimir Guerrero never did them. They played during the same era. Um, maybe they weren't caught. Maybe it wasn't as obvious. Maybe their numbers did. I don't know. That's the bottom line. I do know they were very prevalent. What were, what was the estimates? One out of every... Two players might have done steroids yeah, at one time. I mean, look, you I mean, may, that's the best argument I've heard is I, is that you don't know that Chipper hasn't or there's no, they've never felt a test and there's no you know proof that they. they I mean, did. it's it's obvious that there's evidence of Clemens and Bonds, and so if you're going to say, well, you know, if they obviously got caught, so why would we reward them? Those other guys had no, and I'm not suggesting that Chipper Jones. Right. My whole thing is that we know we know that baseball was tainted right. during the time they played. And yes, they benefited greatly and made an abomination of the record book as a result. But I also know that at any time during his career, if you put Roger Clemens on the mound or Barry Bonds at the plate, yeah. they were special. To me, they were the greatest players of their era. They are Hall of Fame players in my book. I know this is a Pollyanna look at the world, but do we have any obligation to like the message that we're sending to young people by saying, you know, it's okay to cheat. If you want to cheat, go ahead, because at the end of the day... And I'll give you another example of this. ESPN just named Alex Rodriguez to be their analyst on Sunday Night Baseball. Yes. If you look at everything that Alex Rodriguez has been through... Now, he's been vilified by a lot of people, and not only because of the steroid use, but mostly because a lot of people don't like him for whatever reason, whether it's because he's too good-looking or he's, he's he kind kisses, of smug. He kisses himself in the mirror. Or he's dating J-Lo. Or, that's or, actually you know, helped him. That's why he's back, well, by the way. You might be. No but doubt. here's the thing is... Is if you look back at age 18 and you told Alex Rodriguez, here's the life you're going to live. Go ahead and take as many steroids as you want. Get busted twice for it. But yet you're going to end up hitting a ton of home runs, making a boatload of money. I don't know how much money he's made in his life. $250 million But more than more. 250 yeah, close to $300 Just million. Just in salary. Just in salary. And now, and by the time it's all over, you're going to be the top analyst on arguably the marquee baseball game of the week. 
Like, where's the penalty? What's been the price he's paid? What, he got kicked out of baseball for a year? Well, he's not going to make it to the Hall of Fame, according to you. Well, okay. Because he's not a Hall of Fame player because he did steroids. Right. I don't know when he started. I think that's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he started back when he was 18. But nevertheless, like, what's the price here? Like, there was no price. Would you, if you're, if you told me I could have Alex Rodriguez's life at age, when I was 18, and all I had to do was take steroids, what, why, why would I not? You know what I'm saying? I look at this and I'm like, He's. I'd like his life right now. <laughs> Kidding me? But how is that? Three hundred million in a bank, married to J Lo practically, and doing Sunday night baseball. Well, but you're almost you're making it sound as if he had no talent. Um, you know, it, he was I, suspended twice. No, I know that. I get all that. I don't. I'm not a big Alex Rodriguez fan. My point is, the man has. He still has a breadth of experience to do his job at ESPN. He should be a pariah. I don't understand why he's not, why we even like let him in near a, he's going to go on there and then talk about baseball and about the way things should be done. He's going, was he going to comment on steroid users? Like, I don't I, know if he's going to do that, but he certainly, he certainly knows what a strike zone is. He knows, he knows what he's talking about in terms of playing the game. He knows the pressures that you face as a Yankee. He knows all that stuff. I understand. Why that. is his perspective tainted just because he did steroids? Because he cheat because he cheated the game. So lock him up. No, just don't let him in. Just don't let him on the booth on well, Sunday night he, baseball. Here's why they're doing it: because people still listen to him. Oh, they do listen to him because no, people look at his career, and even though he did steroids, thinks that he you know, might know a thing or two, and he's able to actually, he's pretty good at his job. I mean, I've heard him on ESPN. I think he does okay. I look. He was on Fox last year. There, that pregame show and postgame with him and Pete Rose, another guy that should be nowhere near baseball. Well, now he's field. not going to be allowed on anymore. But that's for no, another. That's reason. for another reason. But I'm telling you, like, look, look, those guys are entertaining. They, they can't tell me that Pete Rose doesn't know baseball. Babe. It's name recognition. I get it, but I just that's America. I, I there you go, there you go. That's that's the answer. Unfortunately. Well, look, I mean, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street got out at some point too and started doing videos about how not to cheat, you know, or how to cheat Wall Street. So I mean, that's. You know, if you're talented enough, America will give you second and third and fourth chances. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just have to overcome it with being able to date J Lo and knowing something about the game and people wanting to listen to what you have to this say. Is gonna, this is gonna this is gonna be a really bad argument. Your son came to you right now, or at age when he was eighteen or seventeen. Dad, I can take steroids and make a ton of money doing it. Would what, 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 would you not tell him no? No, of course I tell him no. Right. But what if he but did if it? But if he didn't, I wouldn't want people to think that he should never then then he should never ever ever be allowed any other opportunities because he made that decision. I'm not saying he can't work. I'm just saying I don't want him. I don't want him on ESPN telling me how baseball is supposed to work now, and I don't want him well, going in the Hall of Fame giving what speeches you, about here's what, what a great career is. I just had. Turn the dial, and if enough people did that, he wouldn't be on TV because they're all about getting eyeballs. Uh, that's I, I look. I understand why ESPN's doing it, and why and why I just don't think it's right. I just think this is. I think it's a horrible, it's just a horrible lesson. It's, it's steroids did nothing. They benefited a But let me ask you this. I mean, because this, this goes to a larger argument that we won't get into in yeah. this half hour or so podcast, because <laughs> it's really about three podcasts, which is, is it the athlete's job to, to, you know, sort of teach your kids or represent to other people in society what's virtuous and what's not? Or is it your job as a parent? For me, in my example, to let to let Wes know that hell no, you shouldn't do steroids, st- and here's why. No, it's your no, it's the parents' obligation. But here's why, and they, and they come back to me and say, "But Dad, <laughs> you shouldn't do it because it's wrong, son." Well, what's wrong? Uh, ESPN doesn't think it's wrong. The Baseball Hall of Fame doesn't think it's wrong. 
That's like, right. Baseball doesn't think it's wrong. Like that to me, that's where I. But you're not Alex Rodriguez, and even if you took him, you wouldn't be. And that's what I would tell my son. There's no chance you're gonna you're gonna be that guy. No, but you could turn into Mark McGuire. You could turn. Look, I, Mark McGuire's not a Hall of Famer in any stretch of the imagination. Sammy Sosa is not a Hall of Famer without steroids. Those guys benefited, and that's why they're not, they're not even getting votes now no. at this point because nobody believes they were Hall of Famers unless they took drugs. But Mark McGuire made a lot of money. Sammy Sosa's made a lot of money, and Mark McGuire has a nice life now. He's actually in baseball now, or was recently, right? I mean, he was a, he was a hitting coach, instructor, yeah, hitting yeah. coach and stuff. I just don't there's It's like it's worth it. At the end of the day, it's worth it. It's like robbing banks. If you can get away with it, get away with it. You know, It's not robbing <laughs> banks. Why not? It's Because you're only hurting yourself. If I rob a bank, I'm taking other people's money, and it's against the law. You're taking somebody's job. It's not against... You're A-Rod, you're taking... You're Mark McGuire, you're taking a job away from somebody. Well, that person needs to be better. (laughs) Okay, give me that needle. When you're done, hand me the needle. The needle doesn't make him a better broadcaster, though. He's not being hired to hit baseballs. It made him him a better... I mean, the only reason A-Rod's on there is because he's a tremendous baseball. I don't think it's the only reason. No, but I mean, if he was... I mean, Jason Tyner's not doing Sunday Night Baseball because nobody knows him because he's not a good... He wasn't a good enough baseball player to be that guy. But I think A-Rod would have been good enough. Again, this gets back to should A-Rod be in the Hall of Fame. He was good enough, I think... You shouldn't have We're done it. We're going to go. We'll never get it. We'll, we'll never, never agree. No. What about some of the other guys, Rick? Uh, Edgar Martinez came up just short. Boy, Mark Topkin from the Tampa Bay Times took a beating over this. Even Steven Souza Jr. called him out because <laughs> he loves Edgar. He loves him some Edgar Martinez. Edgar Martinez, there was a real aggressive PR campaign this year to get him in, social media push. This was his 10th year, his last year to be on a regular ballot. And uh, he comes up just short. He's at 58%. He was like 19 votes short, 20, 20 votes, 19, 20, something yeah, like that. Which is not a lot considered the number of people no, that vote. Yeah, some, yeah you have it's over 1,000, like, right? I don't think it's that many, just but I think, it's, it? I think it's like a few, it's like maybe seven or 800 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's a lot. But anyway, uh, but it seems like the biggest reason he didn't get in is because he's a DH. Now, I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's disqualifies ridiculous. you from, if you don't think he's a, a Hall of Famer, that's, that's fine. If you, but I think there's also an attitude that if you're only going to be a DH, then your offensive numbers have to be incredible to make up for the fact that you didn't play in the field. But I'm not sure I, I buy that argument. Weren't his numbers good enough, though? I mean, aside from 312 the fact- lifetime, average 41 doubles a year. The guy was a doubles machine. I mean, you're talking about one of the best. To me, if you do one thing, but you do it better than anybody else, and in this case it's DH, you should be a Hall of Famer. I don't have a problem with the DH. I actually think, I think. That's a specialized thing in baseball. I don't think everybody can be a DH. Yeah, you can say, well, he doesn't play every day, and he, therefore he's not exposed to injury, and he doesn't help his team with the glove. He's one-dimensional. Okay, fine. But he was a hell of a hitter, man. I mean, the guy, I think he deserves to be a Hall of Famer. But I'm with you on that. How about uh, Gary Sheffield? Looks like he's, ne- he's never going to get in. Uh, he's now at 11%. He's yeah. in his fourth year. Here. You know, the thing about Sheffield, and I'm not sure he's a Hall of Famer or not. I really have to dig into his numbers. I think the thing that hurt Sheffield was just he played for like a 1,000 teams. I think if he had played his whole career with one or two teams, and those teams had been Successful. like New York yeah. or the Dodgers his entire career, as opposed, you know, he spent, I know he spent a little bit of time with New York. Um, I think he'd get a lot more consideration. But the fact that he went, he was Milwaukee. He was almost a mercenary. He was in Milwaukee, Toronto, Miami, Detroit. He went to the Yankees. He was on the West Coast for a little bit. It just wasn't. You never associated him with one team, and I think that's what. Yeah, I think, I think that you hurts need a, you need a fan base. But um, the other thing about it is sometimes longevity um, can be can be a curse. And what I mean by that is is that if you play long enough, and they divide those numbers up by the number of years, you don't seem to be a Hall of Famer, or they penalize you because 
you know, you, you acquired a lot of those numbers just by virtue of how many teams you played on. Um, so I don't know if he's hurt by that too somewhat. But I, do you think Gary Sheffield is a Hall of Famer? Again, if we just go, but I'm a big I think guy. he's a Hall of Very Good. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I, he's one of those guys that when I – I know a lot of people like to look at the analytics. And they look at the numbers. What, what was his war? What was his war? And, and those are all – there's a place for OPS. all that. But – for me, there's a lot of just gut feeling, like looking at a guy. Do is he a Hall of Famer? If you have to think about it long, yeah, I, I think he's probably not. Whereas uh, when I think of Fred McGriff, quite honestly, Rick, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think Fred McGriff is a Hall of Famer. I think he was so good for so long, and I know he came up short. There's getting back to numbers. He came up short, short of five hundred, five hundred, magical five hundred. Sure, and if he was at four ninety three, and I'm pretty confident in saying. He didn't use steroids. And that's maybe the best argument Fred McGriff has, yeah. is your confidence that he didn't use steroids. Right. Because he's still shy of a lot of Hall of Famers. Right, and we're, par- we're comparing him again in an era where guys... First baseman, we're hitting five and 600 a year. Right. I mean, or in a career. He's another guy, too. I think, you know, he sort of had a weird career. He spent a lot of time in Toronto, and there wasn't a lot of eyes on him a lot of the time. So I think if... He's another guy. If he had spent his entire career playing for the Red Sox or his entire career playing for... The Yankees, that maybe or the Mets, we might look at him a little bit differently, and he might get a little bit more of a run. But it looks like uh, looks like he's never going to get there. As far as the guys that got in, Rick, boy, I Tre- Vlad Guerrero is like one of those guys that I guess, yeah, I mean his numbers were were pretty good, but ninety three percent of the vote on the first uh, that first shocked, Dominican player shocked me. Position player, yeah, shocked me. He got that much. Best bad ball hitter in baseball <laughs> yeah, ever. He was. Couldn't throw the ball over his head under his feet he'd hit it didn't matter where it was um but I, I was surprised he got that much for the first time i just was yeah and then you got trevor hoppin with 601 that saves. was a gimme second he almost time. made it last year yeah jim tomei by the way jim tomei the nicest man he might be the nicest guy i've ever met in baseball really yeah i mean you know you do like when we were uh back before we had to raise or even even right after we got to raise we used to all go cover spring training games. Yes. And you usually go out there, and you don't know the you – know, yeah. go out to Phillies camp. You get big time to lot. Yeah, yeah, you go out there. Because you you're say, not a beat writer. i got to do a story on somebody. Yeah. Jim Tomei was the one guy, every time you went, every year, hey, I'm looking to do a story. You go up to the beat writer of that team. Whether Who should it's I talk to? Phillies, yeah, talk to Tomei. Really? Like, and you don't think Tomei's a big guy. No, go talk to Jim Tomei. And he was one of those guys who would pull a chair out for you and talk to you for – I, every year, I bet you I did five Jim Tomei stories. <laughs> Mid your career? Yeah. That's how you did it? That's a, you called a PR guy. It's like, so hey, all I needed to Tomei's do was talk to Jim Tomei, and I could have been you? <laughs> he's making the trip, right, Jim Tomei? I'm telling you, he's the greatest guy. Tell greatest you what, that, go back and look at the the, uh, the Cleveland Indians teams that he played on. Go, go look at those names. Oh, yeah. And tell me how they didn't win World Series after World Series. Kenny, like Kenny Lofton was on some of those teams, right? Jim Tomei. Um, how about Albert you, Bell, right? I don't know if Albert Bell played. Yeah, how about your boy that uh, played with the Red Sox? So Ma- Manny. Oh, Manny, Manny being Manny. By the way, how does Manny Ramirez not get more of a run here on the Hall of Fame? He's eligible, right? I mean, he's, he's like, I no. So. And <laughs> when was his last Rays game? It's, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> it seems like we're going to talk about Bonds and Clemens, yeah. and those guys are Hall of Famers regardless. Manny could rake. Manny could, Manny's as good a right handed hitter. As, I, as it, there was. As there was in the, in the generation that we watch baseball. And for the same reason, I would vote for Manny. Yeah. The so problem Manny suffers from is that he was crazy, and people didn't like him. But no, who liked Barry Bonds? Nobody. That's why he's <laughs> not in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> but this doesn't seem like Ramirez is getting a run either. And Chipper Jones, boy, Rick, 
I mean, you look, he, he won a World Series. He was an MVP. He won a Switch, batting best title. Best switch hitting third baseman. Eight all-stars. Yeah. You know, he could have played a bunch of different positions, really. And was named Chipper. Yeah. So, no, so, yeah. It's, Who doesn't uh, like Chipper? Exactly. And meanwhile, before we go, Rick, uh, all-star game, the NHL all-star game is coming up this weekend. And really cool to see Braden Point yeah. with the team. I know he got in because Victor Hedman. Ended now, is up. that one of those deals where they, they replace – replace a bolt with a bolt because that way he's already living here and you don't have to fly in maybe there. that's a little bit a part of it i'm sure but at the same time i bet you like um you know they could have found somebody would have come you yes, know, from ottawa would. or somebody somebody would have been glad to jump on a plane the thing is if i had told you before maybe not before this season but if i told you before last season but I never okay them. next year Four Lightning players are going to make the All-Star. And Tyler game. Johnson is not one of them? Tyler Johnson. I would have guessed Tyler Johnson before I would have guessed Braden Point. This is before last season, not not this season. I would have guessed Tyler Johnson. Nemestikov. I would have guessed maybe Nemestikov. I would have guessed Alex Kalorn maybe had a hot, you know, yeah, hot start had a hot the season. First start, yeah. I would have guessed maybe Anton Strawman. Like Braden Point. And now I think, you know, Steve Ersnick was – we were talking about this earlier this year. He's no longer like – you know, when they got Kucherov, they got Stamkos, and then hey, watch out! They got some young guys coming up like Braden Point. No, he's no, he's in the conversation. He's now with an All Star, Stamkos, and with Kucherov, he's one of your guys. He's one of the main guys. Any fear at all that with this many Lightning players in the All Star game that they're all going to stay healthy and make it out of the All Star game? The good news is, it's should three, Stamkos not play? It's three on three. So the good news is, there's no little one gets chance, hit. Right? No one gets hit, and there's little chance of running into somebody. You know? What about well? Hey, the one guy ran into the actual goal and that's, broke his leg. So well, that's true. And as long no, as long as nobody gets hit with the hardest slap shot, you know they should be in good shape. They should be all right. Yeah. So anyway, looking forward to the All Star game uh, this weekend. Big weekend. Be. And you're heading up to Minneapolis on, on Sunday. Sunday night. I'll be there Sunday. Give you the latest from Minneapolis. Set the scene for you. Some storylines. <laughs> Um, and then it all starts at the Mall of America. They're doing everything at the Mall of America, which is convenient because there's plenty of places to eat and shop, and you know you're staying there. You know what? I lived in Minneapolis or St. I lived actually south of St. Paul, so I was and I lived on the south side, so I wasn't that far from the Mall of America. I was probably 20 minutes on a good day with mm-hmm. the, when the roads are clear. 20, mm-hmm. 20 minutes. I lived there for three years. I went to the Mall of America. <laughs> I think three times. You didn't ride and the roller coaster. Or didn't the never hell they rode got the roller. Now my wife took the kids over there a couple of times. It's you know when you're stir crazy, it's a good place to go when you're just tired of being stuck. Which is in called your house. living in Minnesota. But I yeah right. But I in all the years I've been there, like Mall of America, I would now no, hey we, great targets. You send me start a super target. I'm a, I'm there all day. Hmm. You know, but as far as Mall of America, I wasn't a big Mall of America. I was impressed guy. by how big it is. I mean, it's huge. I mean, you walk a long time. We had dinner there with you. Yeah, that's right. We stayed there. You got good uh, restaurants there and all that. Yeah. And, and and like you said, you got a roller coaster. But it's a deceptive mall though. It's, it's because they have like they have like a like an American Eagle store, and then they have another one on the second floor. You think there's like oh, five thousand really? stores? They actually have like they double up on a lot of them. They're just in different well, because parts. the real estate is so spread out. I guess so. So, yeah. but anyway, enjoy. We'll talk to you we'll uh, from Sunday up from there, the Super Bowl, or, yep. and uh, and of course, all next week you'll be up there. So Rick will be reporting from Minneapolis. Thanks for listening. At Rick Tom Podcast is our Twitter handle. My Twitter handle is at Tom W Jones. Uh, Rick is at NFL Strat. So hit us up if you have any questions, and uh, we'll talk to you next week from Minneapolis and from the NHL All Star Game.